This is The Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television culture, mental health, and all that fun, jazzy stuff. Today I've got my special guest and friend, Natalie Ray Wilson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. I'm warm. And you are warm. You're sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> very graphic, and I love it. I mean, it's like you have come all the way from a very cold climate. Um, yes. Although you were in Greece, so it's... Yes. So, Rather warmish. Oh, it was beautiful weather. Greece yeah. was, I was living my best life. You know, mm. it was warm, um, spent most days at the beach. You know, <laughs> I, I I loved it there. But Wisconsin uh, at the moment um, is, it's freezing. I, mm. I don't know what the temperature would be exactly, but um, my parents-in-law said that it was negative negative five or something Ooh. like that and snowing yeah. yeah so glad i'm missing that <laughs> um yeah i'm definitely a summer person yeah i can tell you you you, you kind of got the summer five all up all up <laughs> you're like i'm back in sydney and i'm just gonna rake it in yeah 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 i'm even though this weather has been wild mm. i don't know if you've experienced i mean i've been away for Four years, um, yeah. But I've never, in the past, I never saw Sydney so windy in yeah. the like spring summertime. Mm. It's it's it it that's global warming for you folks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> very <laughs> fun. <laughs> fun, like. But yeah, like we've had. Um, it's kind of funny because, like, I think since the twenty twenty bushfires and everything, which you know mm. was massive, and then. You know, we've had flooding and since COVID, mm. it's like, I don't know, you could, you could ask for rain, you get a month of it in <laughs> Sydney. Like it's, it's nothing really makes sense. Mm. And then it's like, I think there was a, like a protest not that long ago, which scientifically said, if we don't sort out a lot of global warming issues by 2050, it's basically non-reversible like there's a whole bunch of issues with oh the my goodness. and that's so soon i <laughs> mean if you really think about it that's that's very scary yeah that's in our lifetime yeah that's like we will be at least probably mm. in our 50s or 60s at that at stage least, yeah. yeah and that to me is quite scary because that's it's 2022 now and that's only 30 years away oh. And, you know, like... Know. Something really needs to be done. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to be this, like, 90-year-old or 80- or 90-year-old sort of in this planet that I think, you know, is, like, at the moment, I, I statistically will occasionally look at, like, the birth rate and everything and the population size. Mm. I I think, you know, ironically, it's massive now. It's, like, 8 billion people. Mm. Um, <laughs> it keeps growing. Um, but, yeah, like, I I think in terms of, like, you know, the fact that... It, like a lot of places like you know LA for example mm -hmm. is always a hot place because it's like just a warmer part of the global yep. you know closer to certain parts of the equator mm -hmm. um the same with like you know the deserts and stuff um the outback in Australia is also another place which is just particularly hot because yeah. of where it's located um and you know you look at it and Sydney is cooler because of the coastal you know the fact that we're near coast mm -hmm. and everything but the fact that it's so windy and and rain suddenly it's and you know the like there's just little things that i think like the fact that i think small towns in sydney have flooded now three times in the last oh like goodness. two years um 
you know, it just, it doesn't make sense to me just being like, you know, because they say, oh, this doesn't happen in like a hundred years. And I'm like, maybe that's a sign. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's a good reason. I have, yeah, there's family members who do not agree with, you know, um, just don't think global warming is is an issue. (laughs) And I, yeah, I don't know what to say to get them to wake up and you know see that there really is a problem and like you said in 20 2050 yeah 2050 yeah if we don't do something now it's going to be the problems are going to be irreversible Mm. that's a very scary thought i think it's also like uh the one thing i love is like kids protests and stuff and like one of the like old politicians back when i we had the morrison government was saying, uh, it was really funny as well, they were like, these kids need to be in school. And I was like, no, they don't, because they're out with their teachers all <laughs> protesting about global warming. Yeah. I feel like they're doing the right <laughs> thing. Right. Yeah. They're actually learned. Yeah. Like, And it's really interesting when I think, um, I, I'm very big on education. I'm very big mm-hmm. on people doing research, especially, like, I, I guess, also coming from a very, like, you know, not super religious family, but I, I did grow up with a very religious grandmother. Mm. And I think there was a lot of things that I found pros and cons to being, you know, like religious as a kid. Mm. Because when I was a kid, no one was told to question. Mm. They were like, you know, just God has answers and science is kind of like this <laughs> maybe thought of hypothetical everything. Yeah. And then like I think as I grew up and, you know, like I sort of retouched my spirituality um, more in the last few years, I still think that, you know, it, like nowadays, do, do research. Like mm. there's so much we don't understand about the mm-hmm. universe and the planets and how everything aligns that I think you you do fundamental research and how like we grow and, you know, how like, you know, everything works on this planet. And you start to realize, oh, yeah, there are a lot of problems, but people want to ignore that. Mm-hmm. That's That's where I feel. <laughs> I, I feel like is the problem. Yeah. I, yeah, what you said, 100%. It's <laughs> a very, um, I think you're right. I think we do need to do more research. And, you know, science is ever evolving. Mm. Um, so, you know, there were back in the olden days, Some I actually went to the um, uh, Library of New South Wales uh, the oh, other yeah, day, yeah. and they had this, uh, or the, actually they still do this exhibition called um, something, oh, gosh, something about medicine um, mm. and talking about how medicine has progressed um, and the different treatments uh, <laughs> that they had back in the day. And mm. um, one uh, that stood out to me was for, um, goodness, now I cannot remember anything, but uh, it was uh, regarding a um, sexually transmitted disease. Oh, yeah. Um, was it like, it wasn't syphilis, was it? Syphilis. Was it? Syphilis, yeah. And um, what the doctors used to do, um, they used to give um, mercury to their patients. <laughs> uh, but, of course, they um, they couldn't... Um, do the work, the doctors wouldn't um, touch mm. it. They would give the mercury to the patient and say, here, you take it yourself, you ingest it. Um, we can't touch it because obviously, you know, mercury poisoning and it's not um, <laughs> a nice 
yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious how they used to give mercury to yeah. um, to heal uh, syphilis. Um, and it's just interesting how far we've come and how science is ever changing and, yeah. you know, global warming. Like, anyway, and like you said, just people need to do their research. Um, it's, well, it's like, um, it's like the, the, I had, I, th- I, th- I love that you say that as well, because it was like, um, my attitude towards the vaccine, which, you know, like any sort of, you know, like smallpox, yeah. prime example, smallpox, I think when, it was rampant when they mm. developed the vaccine. There were a lot of trials and errors, but I think because of science now and how quickly we can understand stuff mm. so quickly, like a vaccine was mass produced quite quickly. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, granted, it did not agree with everyone. Mm. And some people, unfortunately, did die probably as results of partial the vaccine. Yeah. But it didn't kill everyone. Yeah. It actually made a lot more people safe. <laughs> and I think that whether you, you ended up never having the vaccine or you're immune or everything like that, mm. that is your choice. I'm not arguing with that. But I think the thing is that there were like people out there just saying it will kill you. Mm. And I'm like, that is dependent on the body. Right. And unfortunately, that is like all that science is because they don't know whether it will kill you or not. Mm-hmm. And it's all, as we say, trial and error. Mm-hmm. And and, and ever evolving, yep, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like you are, you know, it's it's unfortunate to say, but there's always going to be fatalities in, um, in these kind of situations where there is like, a, you know, a pandemic or a plague or anything. Like I think, um, you know, suddenly the Black Death, the, like you know, back in the plague years, <laughs> that that the only reason that sort of disappeared was because they realized that it came from fleas, and they, mm. the, and it didn't actually come from the rats. It actually came from the fleas on the rats, and you know. And, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was actually nothing to do with rats. It was to do with the fleas, and they'd spread the disease through, um, you know, into the rats and then onto the humans. So it was like, you know, it was just a, a nuts thing, and that's how so many people died. It wiped oh. out a third of the population. Um, it was nuts, um, and. You look at history like that, I think they actually cleaned up. I think that's where they, they designed a lot of the sanitary, like, use of... Because back then, they didn't actually have any use of sanitary, like, results. So, you know, no one barely washed their hands. Yeah. Like, it was all gross. <laughs> you know, you were contracting everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Uh, <laughs> so now it's like, you know, people actually use, you know, public restrooms mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It all very sanitary and clean. <laughs> and I think that every time... You know, there's so many things that are microbes and, you know, like small inanimate things. And there's a lot of things, natural living things that exist on this planet that we will never see, like the bottom of the ocean or anything like that. Or, you know, it's fascinating Mm -hmm. because I always think about this and I just go, oh, this is amazing. But there's so many things we will (laughs) never (laughs) be able to understand. I'm okay with that because I think... That's what's the fun of being alive. Mm. And I think, you know, you can't live in fear of, mm. like, it's like this stage. I think Australia's in its fourth wave. And I like fourth wave of the pandemic. I think there's another, like, oh, a strain. Yeah. It's like B something. I heard that a, a, ship, a cruise ship just got <laughs> out, um, had 800. Um, COVID positive cases and let them all out. Like, <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't laugh at that. That's like, <laughs> it, but it is kind of comical. I mean, yeah. it's like anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's, isn't it the way though? But you, you know, these days we can't live in fear. It's kind of just like mm. you know, because um, I've got like three boosters now, but I've had COVID and mm. it sucked. Like yeah. I, you know, did you end up getting it? 
Yeah, I did. I did. It actually wasn't too bad. I had one the first day sucked. But yeah. It was kind of like fluey for me, like just the shiver, you know, the yeah. hot cold. Um, I had a fever. And then the next day I was almost fine. Wow. Um, but then the third day I ended up losing my voice for another three days. <laughs> Yeah, it was. In, so I was actually okay. I just didn't have a voice, um, which was kind of nice, you know. I, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take this. I'll enjoy my. Uh, I'll have more me time. You will. Yeah. You will be able to relax. Yeah, and... yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's that's like nuts. Yeah. Did I had brain fog? I had brain fog for four days, so uh-huh. I couldn't. I couldn't work. Like mm. I was. Um. Like Emily got it first. She got it from, like, seeing a concert. Mm. And she was, like, very careful. And she couldn't work out where she got it from, from the concert. And I got it off her. Mm. And I remember when the brain fog hit me, I was meant to do so much that week. And I just suddenly just went like this. I was like, huh? (laughs) And everyone was messaging. Yeah, everyone was messaging me. And I was like, I have no brain function. Like, I Mm. cannot respond to anyone. And Mm. I felt so bad. But I was like, like, I'd never been more forgetful. In in and I I think it took it took us a while to feel like we got hit pretty bad. I don't know why, but I think it was like it affects. I mean, yeah, I I've had you know friends um, boosted. You know who um it, my auntie got um the booster and the next day she got COVID and <sighs> she got it pretty bad. Yeah, um, and then I've like I've also had you know friends um unvaccinated who also seemed you know perfectly fine or that never got it and i'm like cool you 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 guys have the uh you know the strong antibodies we need your blood you know (laughs) can i steal it yeah (laughs) yeah i know it's it's when people like have natural immunities to things and i'm just like "Mm, yeah i wish i i wish i had that because i uh, when i get a flu i get very sick Uh. yeah see i think I don't get sick very often, but mm. I do think that when I do, it's, yeah, it's not fun. COVID was actually manageable besides the lost, um, the lo- loss, lose? Lose, lost, lose. Yeah. Loss of voice. There we <laughs> go. I got that in the end. Mm. Um, but yeah, I remember in the past when I've had the flu, it's like, it's hit hard. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm fine for the whole year, but then flu season comes and... Boom. And yeah. I'm out of what's it called? Out of commission? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're a business. Like you just suddenly just go like <laughs> I'm out of commission. <laughs> I'm out of commission, guys. I'm out for a month, yeah. you know. I'll see you in I'll see you in a few weeks. Yeah. Um <laughs> God. It, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, like, how was it like how was lockdown for you though? You know, LA was pretty freaky. I mean, it was I felt as though I l- was living in a dystopian. Mm. I mean, I, I'm sure I don't know how things were here, but for like two weeks, everything was shut except mm. for essential business. But you know, you would have to line up um, outside of the grocery store, and they only allowed you know three people in the whole store, um, and you had to be quick to grab yeah. your essentials and then leave, and you know you had to wear masks. But um, actually, after two three i don't know a month Mm. things actually started i mean they started easing up obviously there was still a lot of you know 
um, commotion and people were scared and um, wary and we had to stand mm. six feet apart. But actually, it, it eased up for us, I want to say, fairly quickly um, because uh, I actually never stopped working, I guess because we were deemed um, essential. Mm. Um, so that never changed for me. Um, and then we, we dropped the masks after some time and things felt like they were heading back to normal. And like, I have friends in, um, Melbourne who said they were, um, like they couldn't work. They couldn't leave their house, um, for what seemed like months. Yeah. Um, and you know, you couldn't travel, um. Outside of the 5K limit, uh, yeah. Right, yeah. We didn't really have um, any of that. So I, I, it wasn't, I want to say, but maybe my memory is, uh, you know, it, it's telling me that things were better, you know? Like, yeah. Ha- happy memories, happy memories. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> it was very traumatic. I don't know. Um, but I want to say it was actually not that bad. Yeah. And um, in living in Wisconsin, I mean... It's as if COVID never happened, you know, like... Really? Yeah, yeah. No one... But it's also, I mean, um, where I was staying at my um, in-laws, they live, you know, basically on a farm, you know, they have a bunch of land and the people around them are very like, ah, COVID, you know. Yeah. I'll be fine, you know, (laughs) if I get it. So it it was, you know, very like... (laughs) COVID? What's that? You know, yeah. living there for the past like five months. Um, it was actually really nice because um, life seemed normal. Wow. Yeah. That's like, because you, lo, 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 rolling back time and rolling mm. back to yes, yes. young Natalie, <laughs> um, you you moved over there to what, pursue an acting? Like, yeah. Uh, so the original plan was you... Young single mm-hmm. mover, <laughs> move over there, come back with a husband, uh, yeah. and, like a, a yeah. plan. <laughs> yeah, found me an American boy. Yeah, uh, that was not the plan at all. It's funny. I told myself I never wanted to date another actor. My husband is also an actor. And what happened? Like, <sighs> I'm tell you, he was very okay. persistent. No, <laughs> no, I just. You know, there was no one there. It was also not on my radar at all. You know, like I went to LA, mm. you know, focused, you know, to, I want this acting career yeah. to, um, to happen. Um, haha, COVID. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so did that. That was my plan, you know, or bright eyed, bushy tailed. Is that yeah. the term? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. I found an American boy and then things changed a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then actually it was it was very frustrating because, right, so I went to L.A. to um, uh, uh, do a 
um, like a, an acting school, but a shorter because I've st- I actually I have a bachelor's degree in performance um, from Wollongong University. Ooh. Yeah, it's very very exciting um, stuff. Oh, here you go. Yeah, but um, so I didn't want to study more, so I just did yeah. like a, a I guess it ended up being a two year course. Mm. Um, and after graduating things were looking up and I was getting auditions and I was getting callbacks and I actually had a feature film. Um, oh. Yes, yes. I was, uh, it was like a, uh, like a westerny, a western type of feature film and I got a callback and I was actually on, um, uh, what's the term? I'm forgetting everything. A TVC? Like a commercial or? No, no. Um, like when you get there's certain stages where you audition and then you get a callback and then you get a i guess the second callback yeah um so yeah they were they decided they wanted me but then covid happened and everything shut down oh, and then it fell through oh and then and i haven't actually um acted in a in a while i've taken a bit of, a bit of a break um has that been good do you think you know what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I think because it's uh, it's very taxing, you know, and mm. you get – it's not the nicest of jobs, meaning, you know, you get so much rejection, you know, unless you're Jennifer Aniston or – Yeah, and um, I mean, like, you know – anyone has seen her first film i think that was like leprechaun oh uh, i haven't seen it actually <laughs> but i've heard not great things it's it's very much not the jennifer aniston that i you know like from friends yes. or like years later when she's done a bunch of other things because that film is very much like <laughs> her very ditzy character and i'm like this doesn't really feel oh, yeah, yeah. um but yeah she's like 20 i think she was 20 wow. in that film so it's like she's a baby yeah yeah um but yeah like i mean so you did. You, you sort of felt like you were going something, and then COVID happened, and then it suddenly all went shut down. Mm-hmm. Everything stopped, um, and that really sucked. And I think also losing that momentum. Mm. Um, you know, I I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a pause. You know, I um, we were also trying to figure out if I would be able to stay in the country. Um, right, and AJ. Well, we did not want to lose each other, so you know we decided we wanted to to get married. And um, uh, well, I mean, he had proposed before um, COVID, actually. So we were, Aww. yeah, we had already started planning the wedding, um, but then COVID, um, and we had to keep postponing, yeah, um, until we realized that I. <laughs> the my end visa date was um you know reaching um a pinnacle point yeah yes so i would have had to leave the country and we decided that that's not what we wanted so we ended up having a a small um intimate uh civil wedding at his parents backyard which was very sweet and we had um friends and family um watch over zoom Oh yeah, yeah. But we actually being back, um, we had a a church wedding. Oh, lovely! Yeah, yeah. So, th- yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind, but now <laughs> that's done too. So, 
you know, two weddings down. Uh, yeah, yeah. Three to go. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, which, you know, you want the extravaganza. You want like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's it's so interesting as well about like, um, you know, because at, at this stage, like we're like, because Emily and I are moving to Canada and stuff mm. and we haven't officially announced it yet, like to our <laughs> parents. Um, my parents know, but like we're planning to get engaged and oh. it's very like exciting, but we're sort of like so... I think for us, it's sort of so low key, but I do remember also mm. way very excited, like, you know, one, you know, have immediate um, close friends and family around us and, you know, do it on a very small scale and then have a big celebration with friends like in Sydney because we want the wedding to be outside of Sydney. We don't like the hustle and bustle of Sydney very much. Mm-hmm. We like the quietness of like countryside and everything. And then it will make living in Canada easier because I will be married to someone who is a Canadian citizen. Right. So I won't have to, we won't technically be kicked out of the country if yeah. my working visa runs out. Yeah. Like I will still be legally married yeah. and not deported, mm-hmm. which is a nice feel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so Absolutely. I'm, I know your pain with that because, you know, it's one of those things that I, I, I think is very exciting, but it's also, you know, it, it, it comes with a whole lot of logistical things because I think there's always like, I think it's, it's those two separations of things. Cause uh, you know, there was always the discussion very early in our relationship, which was we will get married. But when it came to like that immediate, we've got to get something done. Let's do it now. It does feel a little bit like, you know, I don't know anyone who has been since the pandemic has not had that happen to them where they're like, there is a crunch time and we need to do it now or never. It's, that's not fun. You know, you don't want to work under, you know, under pressure and under like, you need to get this done now. Otherwise it's all over. Especially because it's like such a big, big moment for you. Like, and it's such a pinnacle point to be like, I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Right. It shouldn't be rushed. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Let's get this done. You know, yeah, 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 I love you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Let's sign the paper. Okay. We're cool. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, 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 I don't get deported now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, done, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, do you feel that the church wedding in Sydney felt more like a proper wedding for you or did it feel a little bit like to both? I want to say both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it felt um, more, um, uh, what was the word you just used? Um, um, which one? I've used uh, many. <laughs> I used a lot of words. Uh, uh, n- not, not, um, not a proper wedding, but um, I think it felt more. Oh, I don't want to say this, but genuine for you. Yeah, only because my family and friends were mm. physically present, and that was something. Our um, our first um garden you know civil wedding was beautiful um but it was bittersweet because my Mm. family was watching via zoom you know and all my friends were watching via zoom so it was kind of like yeah this is uh, yeah it's happening but you know it's it's also not what we had planned at all obviously yeah um so that was kind of like i said bittersweet so i think that's why this wedding felt maybe a little more genuine because I had, you know, I could hug my mum, you know, I could yeah. hug my dad and my siblings and, um, you know, all my girlfriends, you know, were there present and we were giggling and yeah, it was just, yeah, I guess it, it felt more, more genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a very surreal feeling when you're not surrounded by the people 
Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. It was very weird. I don't recommend it. No. And I think like it was very weird because with my brother and his, um, my sister-in-law's wedding, it was very much, they had originally weren't meant to do this big wedding and then COVID kept happening and, you know, like it just got pushed and pushed. And then I think they were moving to Germany because my sister-in-law had got work over there. Mm. And so they were about to jet off and... Um, to make it easier that, and for the papers, they were just like, okay, we're going to get married. And so they did it down in the park and my, myself, I was my brother's best man uh, and, and a witness and my brother's best friend was the celebrant and Lisa's best friend was also another witness and her bridesmaid. And we just like, you know, did everything, signed the papers, witnessed it and everything. And then we went back to mom and dad's and had, um, drinks and food with Lissa's parents and my parents and like it was quite nice it was mm. very it was very sweet but it was oh man it was just like make chaos chaos to kind of like and and I think even to this day they felt like they had wished a little bit nicer yeah nicer wedding even though it was sweet so my opinion, I think, you know, now having two weddings. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't do two? Or? No, no. Um, I mean, yeah. Oh, hey, if, if you want to have as many weddings as you want. But um, <laughs> uh, I actually, because both the um, the Australian wedding and the um, American wedding ended up being fairly small in size. Yeah. Um, and I think having, like, the people you know your people who you love you know not and i know it's you can have family members who say you need to invite aunt margaret yeah. and you know uncle jerry um <laughs> you know and you know the wedding party can grow yeah. but i think it is very beautiful when you have just the most you know important people in your life and then Afterwards, you can have like a big bash, you know, big party with everyone, you know. Yeah. Uncle Jerry can come, you know. Auntie Margaret, you know, can join the party too, you know. Like, um, but just the the ceremony, you know, the the joining of of hands. Yeah. Because you know, it's such a beautiful thing, and having your most. Yeah. You know, I I absolutely agree with that. I think that's also why I've always been very like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's also kind of why I think with it's the same with parties because I remember like my 18th birthday, that was just like <laughs> oh man, that was a disaster. I was the oldest kid in in class, so everyone's like, you know, when you turn 18, you're like free drinks. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, let's get wasted. Um, so you know, 18 year old me, I was like, yeah, right. And like, I was it was at my parents' house because you know, like supervised. Um, <laughs> of course. But you know, like. No one really, as a parent, I understood, didn't want to watch 17-year-olds get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a fun experience as a parent because it's just kind of weird watching, like, slight. And, and <laughs> the thing I remember is, like, particularly is, like, you know, that period where you think you're an adult, but you're mm-hmm. clearly oh. you're not. Like, you're pre-pude. Uh, you're, oh, like, in that I awkward. When I think back, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I knew nothing. I thought I was the coolest and just, I was so old. I was like, I'm 17. I literally, like, I can do anything and I know everything. And I'm like, I don't know anything and I'm almost 30, you know? Yeah. Like, what was I talking about? Yeah, it's. It's, it's it's so weird, and I just remember like you know the, everyone got the everyone got booze, and I think like I just got to a point where I was like, I don't care about like 
fifty percent of the people in this ha- like my own house. Why are they here? Yeah. And I think like from then on, my parties have always gotten smaller yeah. because I'd rather surround myself with like honestly kind people. Yeah. But it's funny because I think yeah, you sort of rely on. And I see it all the time. I think like social media and social pressures, like we, with our engagement plans, um, like we're, we're not traditional at all. We like mm. throwing tradition out the window. So we're both getting engagement rings for each other. Aww. Oh, it's very sweet. Um, but it, we're very excited and we were going to do that whole like tradition where we, we, you know, like, and, and we have this running joke is if I don't propose first M will do it at some point <laughs> during the trip, she'll get too pissed off. <laughs> not to do. Um, and I love that, but it's like one of those things mm. that, you know, we, we went to a couple of jewelers and then we found a uh, particular, like a nice ring on Etsy. We, we, with engagement rings, you can either go to the big deal or you can kind of go simple. Mm-hmm. We're very simple with our wedding rings. Mm. We want to get something that lasts a long time yeah. because, you know, obviously, you know, when you pay for like a hundred or $200 rings, you want to get something that's at least probably a bit more pricey, like, you know, three to 500 yeah, is yeah. a good mm-hmm. and proper metal mm-hmm. like it's gonna last yeah. but i i'm terrible because you know like anything with crystals or jewels on it i break <laughs> so bad so we try to avoid anything with sort of like flat stone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and we got this nice like turkish rock so um i think it's called zulanite um mm-hmm. basically the premise is changes color and um different lights so it never looks like one stone it looks like many different stones wow, and it's awesome. so cool and this guy this um jeweler in broadway was talking to us about it and he was selling rings for like 150 we found one on etsy which was like down from 200 dollars to like 40 dollars, and we're like yes we'll yeah. take <laughs> cheap skates we're gonna take this <laughs> save some money um but yeah it was like massive discount we're very excited <laughs> but i mean like it's one of those things that i think when you love someone and particularly like, you know, when you're, you know, it's like that long term, it is more about like, you know, I always see people at work with like massive rings. I'm like, how much did that actually cost? Sometimes they are family heirlooms. Like yeah. sometimes they, like my mum wears my, her mum's enge- um, engagement ring, mm. which I love. Yeah. Like it's very sweet. And, you know, like it's now probably like over a hundred years old. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, and I think th- about that kind of like mentality of like, well, you know, my parents are probably going to give their ring- wedding rings and engagement rings mm. once they get to a certain age to be like, give these to your kids yeah. and pass it on. And I think that's really sweet. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love, I love like tradition, like little things like that where it's traditional. Yeah. Um, but also just I love like the fact that, you know, when you go to a wedding and, you know, like we've asked our friend um, who's trained as a celebrant to um, be our celebrant and you know it's mostly going to consist of friends that we know who are doing stuff like um, I asked I asked um, Susan to be my um, my best man (laughs) so she's going to be there at my wedding I'm so excited Um, and she was just thrilled she was like oh my god yes please (laughs) and I've known her for 12 years and I think it's like to have that and be like one, my brother might not be in the country, so mm. he might not be able to be present for yeah. our wedding. Uh, but we, you know, we're doing it on like, um, we're going to book out an Airbnb. We're going to have it on the property in, you know, because we wanted to do it in Berima and Berima will rake us for millions of dollars if yes. they could. So we're like, cheap. Uh, find a nice location, do it, mm-hmm. and then throw a big party to kind of make, because I mean, like, also we, we, 
I think it's really interesting because my parents had a church wedding. Mm. They loved it. But I think, you know, I I don't feel like, um, a ch- like I grew up going to church. Mm. I just never felt like I get married in a church and yeah. I never have. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. Um, but I know so many friends, you know, like who do the big rent out of barn. Like I went to a barn wedding. That was the most expensive wedding I've ever been to. And they got a divorce. I was like, why do you spend... Yeah, that's tough. That's always the thing, like, as well, that I get worried about, the price of things, because... And weddings, uh, the prices are astronomical. Yeah. I mean, also, yeah, we had... Um, we did have a church wedding, but our party was at my parents' um, house. Yeah, so did... Was it... A church you went to growing up? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. like, so they knew you as well. Yes. yes. So, so it makes it a little bit easier. Oh, yes. Uh, and that's why I, you know, we we chose um, that church. And it was really nice actually being back because I, I, you know, went to church and I kind of felt like a celebrity, honestly, because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, all the older women, especially who haven't, hadn't seen me for yeah. four years, are like, oh, not a lot, you know, like, you know, you you look exactly the same and you know them meeting you know AJ and having like that community but it was again just like a few older people and yeah. you know some of the church community and that was really nice and then the um, the after party actually was even more intimate it was literally really? just my friends and family like cousins um and you know aunts and uncles yeah and that was it wow. you know? yeah so we yeah yeah and talking about you know cheap we wanted i mean we don't have a ton of money at the moment especially since you know we just traveled to <laughs> greece and uh now we're traveling around australia so yeah, i was about to um, say like shrinking oh yes uh <laughs> so we had to do things as cheaply as yeah. possible and i mean my um so we keep talking about how you know we would update certain things maybe in the future when, you know, we have a bit more money. Because, I mean, my uh, wedding band is also is from Etsy and it's like silver um, and was $15. Can I just say, I love that. <laughs> I love that you think like me and, you know, but I look at that and I don't think of that because no, I mean, anyone who c- can't see that, it's actually gorgeous. Yeah, it's so it's sweet. Very, it, it, you um, know, it's, it's simple. It's, yeah, yeah, it's elegant, but yeah. it also like, what's the gem? Um, I'm. I mean, I believe the gem is a is a diamond, mm. and then the little gems are amethyst because that's my um oh, my birthstone. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like the toss up between us was like I love ruby. Um, ruby's like one of my favorite. If I, I think my like is um. Oh, amethyst or something. I'm I'm a February baby, so oh, me too. Yeah, so yeah. it would be amethyst, yeah, and yeah. and I love amethyst color, but I've always been attracted to the ruby color. Mm. And there was we we went to Proud's, which is also another great jewelers. Okay, um, and they had a band, which I think if it was a wedding ring, mm. absolutely would pay like it was about three hundred dollars. Yeah, I was like, okay, yes, I'd probably pay that much for for those. I am talking about seeing people wearing things that I would, you know, like the most expensive thing that I own on my finger is this, which is a Tiffany and Co thing. Mm. And I got it for a 30th birthday present. Oh, my mum got it for me. It is about $700. It's, and, and I'm like, it is made of like, you know, proper silver. Yeah. 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 
But I mean, I it would, looks very cool. Yeah. But I'm like, everything else on my fingers, 50, 20, yep. like 10, like, yep. you know. Oh, actually, no, this was free. Like, <laughs> you know, like the thing is, I'm, when it comes to jewelry, I never think, oh, I need to buy something expensive. As long as it looks aesthetically nice, yeah. it, it's why I, you know, like Emily and I thrift all the time. Like, thrifting's the best thing. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> speaking of bargains, uh, oh, so yes. actually, my, so the, my wedding dress, um, <gasps> tell me all, <laughs> I, uh, when I first bought it, it was, I mean, more than I would have liked to have spent, but, um, it was over $2,000. Um, That's all. That, that is- I know for, for, I know people who spend yeah, but I can understand why, yeah. But, you'd... you know, for a struggling, you know, the artist, artist, you know, trying to look, you know, their best, I was like, all right, yeah, like, this is a lot of money, but I'm going to do it. Here's my mortgage. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes. um, but uh, it was, again, uh, during COVID, and um, I thought I had bought the right size, because that's what the lady told me at the store, would be like, I'm a size, oh, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, and then one day I decided, I guess I should try the dress on now that I've had it for like over a month. I should try it on to see, like, to make sure that it fits. And, uh, lo and behold, um, it did not fit. <gasps> it was, um, it was too small. So I had to return it. And even though I was outside of the return policy because of COVID, um, they allowed it. And then I realized that the dress had gone on sale. Um, and, you know, I kept telling myself, well, now is the time to buy and now is the time to buy it, you know, in my, the right size. And I kept putting it off and then the dress went on sale further and I was like, okay, well now this is the sign. Like I need to buy it now. And, uh, in, it went on like a final sale, um, how much was it? I think it was $3.99. So from over two thousand down to three ninety nine, and I said, "Okay, I need to buy it now. It's now yeah. or never." And I went to go buy it, and it was sold out. <gasps> yep, yep. And it was the most, you know, sad thing. I was like, "Well, I found my perfect dress, and now I'll never get to wear it." So I had to. I kept checking because I called them. Um, and they said that, no, they have none in stock. The only way yeah. you'd get it is if someone else returned it. And I would check every single day. And one day, my size got returned, <gasps> you know, obviously. And I bought it immediately. So, it was a happy... But did you, you still know, pay 2000 No, no. I paid three ninety nine. That's insane. Yeah. So, from over 2000 I think it was like 2800 I ended up paying like $400. That's nuts. I know. I I was so happy. I mean, I was very stressed when yeah, they yeah, didn't have it, but you know, it was um. Because how far away ending. was your wedding at that point? Well, we didn't really know <laughs> because it was during. You know, we had to keep postponing. Yeah. So initially, um, actually, no. I guess we did. We didn't know it was it was going to be July. July. 29th, I want to say. Wow, okay. Yeah. Nice. And this was 2020 at this point? Or yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. So, and you officially got married in 2021, did you? No, actually, we got married in 2020, um, August 6th. Wow. Yeah, just because we had to keep postponing, but we couldn't postpone it any yeah. longer, otherwise we 
we would have been um separated um but actually so that dress um I ended up wearing to the church wedding here in Australia and the the first dress that I wore at our um, American uh civil wedding um I found at Goodwill yeah for I think uh $20 which was also you know very cool kind of funky um but yeah wow I love a good bargain yeah I love that Mm -hmm. yeah Look at you finding bargain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, uh, Emily's not telling me what wedding dress she's wearing, but she's getting it off Etsy. So, you know, that's all I know is yeah. she's found an Etsy dress and she's nice. very excited. Yeah. Um, I'm very, like, I, I I don't fit all my old suits anymore, which is very sad because I've, I've gained this thing called weight since I turned 30. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've expanded. <laughs> But it's it's funny because like you know when you get older and you sort of like your weight fluctuates you don't like fit anything you Ugh. did as a teenager. And I think I just um I guess came to terms with it and because I would always try and fit into things that just did not fit me anymore and I said what is the point like I'm not going down to like my year 10 size you know like when I was 13 or 15 you know like yeah. I'm I'll never be that small, so why am I holding on to these clothes? So, yeah, I just got rid of actually a whole bunch of um, stuff. It felt good. Yeah, because yeah. I, I realized, like, I used to wear a lot of small T-shirts, yeah. like, you know, and now I can only fit mediums because <laughs> my, my chest is just now much broader. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's one of those things that I was, like, all my old jeans. Um, and, I, and it happened to me in, the, like, the last, you know, six months mm. as well like i've got jeans from last year that no longer fit me i mm. bought last year i'm like how did that happen <laughs> but um yeah there's like a suit that i bought like three years ago that does no longer fit me oh. like doesn't even button up um i can't even get the pants to you know because oh. like you know when you go to the gym or something you yeah. just it's this wonderful thing of you gain muscle yes and then you can't do anything <laughs> about it um so no, I I don't miss the days where I don't, I had pipe cleaner legs. Um, you know, and could fit anything. It, so AJ is also a pretty uh, slender man, mm. and he actually he struggles to find. Um, well, he we struggle to find a good fitting suit for him because he's just he's just a little too skinny. Um, and but he does want to bulk up. But for the wedding, we found a perfectly fitting suit and it like it it fits him perfectly but now he's worried that well when he starts going to the gym and trying to bulk up it you know unfortunately that is i know unfortunately that's the way isn't it um i you could sell it Yeah. Say so one use sad. only. I know, but then it's such a good suit. Too. I just keep it in the wedding pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, like, yeah. I think my uh, my parents have some old clothes, but it's funny because you know, like, yeah, it's it always is funny when you look at old clothes and you go, "I'll never fit this anymore. <laughs> I'll never fit this." And I, uh, you do. But then you look at old, like, old. Th- it's yeah, it's the same. Like Emily's having the same issue where she just doesn't fit old jeans mm. or old skirts anymore and it's just like oh yeah we change shape yeah you kind of forget about it do you do you worry like because you've taken a break from acting as mm. well what's your plans to get back into it now when you return yeah yeah so after um after our time here mm. uh we'll be going back to wisconsin for a bit and then we're planning on moving to chicago 
Yes. Um, and Chicago is not, say, as big in acting as LA is or New York. Mm. Um, or maybe like Atlanta. I think Atlanta, Georgia is getting very... Um, Atlanta has a know, lot of film scenes, yeah. yeah. Um, but Chicago, I feel, has a good mix of both. You know, it's it's a on a smaller scale, um, but we both come from a theater background and mm. Chicago has decent theater. So, yeah. And plus AJ has um family there, so we have some connections to Chicago which will be will be nice, but yes, the plan is to get back into it. I miss it. Yeah. I, yeah, it's something. I mean, I've Yeah, I've always wanted to do it and I feel as though I haven't I haven't given it my all yet, you know, mm. like I I started to and then I stopped. Um but I haven't like put in the sweat, you know, yet, you know, like yeah. I, and I want to before I um even though I don't think I'll ever give it up, you know, I'll, mm. I will always want to be creative in some way, um just because I am a very creative um person. But yeah, I need to I'm not I'm not done with it yet. Do you feel like you know that now you're getting older and older, um, that you've sort of missed opportunities because of COVID as well? Um, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um but yeah, I'm I'm actually that is a bit sad thinking about it. I well, mm. I didn't really think about that. Um, it wasn't meant to make you feel sad. It was no, no. But I, you're right, and I do think that yeah, I've probably missed you know a few windows of you know now I can my age bracket is probably you know twenty five to thirty, not like seventeen to twenty five. But you know yeah. like so, and I missed all those little you know I could play high school. You know now I probably. Can play um, a young adult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting as well because I feel like the the demographic towards women and mm. and aging is is very problematic. Like, it's yes. still to this day, like, you know, unless you're Meryl Streep or Helen Mirren or someone like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's right. Yeah, you show one wrinkle and it's like, sorry, you're out. Like, yeah. you can't do this anymore. <laughs> like... How how are you with that? Because like theatre background and and stuff. Do you want to get into film? Is that your like as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to, and that's why I chose LA. You mm. know, three years ago. That's yeah, why yeah, yeah. I I moved there um, because I wanted to get more into um, film and TV. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're not forgiving at all. Like that, they do, especially for women. Like you said, it's yeah yeah whereas i think theater and that's why i kind of want to get back into theater because it it can be you know you can be 30 and play a 25 year old or like you know even a young 20s person um and you can get away with it um because what's the what's the genres that you like to steer towards what are things that you love comedy (laughs) comedy i mean i love everything i just feel for some and maybe it's i feel as though my coping mechanisms in real life are also i i don't love i don't like confrontation you know i don't um 
you know, when someone gets angry at me, I'll find a way to like ah, make light of it and really? giggle. Yeah, yeah, I'm. So that's why I think I enjoy comedy because comedy. Um, <laughs> it's kind of my yeah, yeah. Um, and it's my uh, what's it called? My the default. You know, I just yeah. fall into that. You know. It could be a serious moment, you know. We could be crying and I'll start um, laughing, you know, because, I don't know, that's the way that I am, I guess. Um, but, yeah, comedy. Mm. Yeah. Because, like, you went to Newtown Performing Arts School. Yes. Which is a great school. Mm-hmm. And chaos school. Yes. It's a very chaotic school. <laughs> yep. I know a lot of people have come out of there and it's chaos. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like... It, it encourages a lot of people to take risks as mm-hmm. well in terms of acting, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, and the fact that you also study in Wollongong and, mm-hmm. you know, I I think it's very interesting because, like, you know, there's actors mm. and then there's actors. Mm. And I think there's, a you know, people, people who don't know what that means are very two different things, which is, like, I feel like people who come in and, you know, Newtown Performing Arts School tend to be the the... Actor, like mm-hmm. the actual proper thing, yeah, yeah, uh, and and it's very like there's some of the stuff that I've seen there is quite heavy, mm-hmm. it's very heavy, like some of the content, yeah, um, especially for like teenagers to right. do, and I was like thinking, how is that appropriate? Because <laughs> like you know you're talking about like all like sex and drugs and you know like do you know the play um Black Rock? By- yes, yeah, we did that in year. 10 i want to say is that the one which i'm thinking of which is the heath ledger movie the one where the girl gets murdered yeah she gets raped and murdered yeah yeah and it's like (laughs) that's a very line i i i I remember that yeah that uh, it's great play yeah it's great play but it's it's heart-wrenching and for high schoolers it's just it doesn't seem i mean it it (laughs) Is their age group? I think you know yeah. the, the kids in the play are kids. You know they're in yeah you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen years old. Yeah, you know, so it makes sense. But boy, is it heavy and disturbing. And you're playing, yeah, you know, like the friend of the girl who got you know raped, raped and, and murdered. murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's like you know whenever I think about like stories that particularly have like you know, sexual assault or anything like that and are portrayed by young people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and having known people who have been survivors of actual sexual assault, mm-hmm. it can be quite triggering. I think it's like um, a prime example. I, I keep thinking of The Nightingale, which has um, is Jennifer Kent's oh, film. And yes. um, that has a quite a gruesome scene, which is where a child gets killed and the mother gets uh, sexually assaulted and raped and a husband gets murdered. Like, it's it's awful. Like, yeah. you don't sit there and go, this is great. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's one of those things that it, it's so heavy. And I think the main actor was, like, 22, like, 21, 22. So it's, like, quite heavy for a young performer. Right. Um, but, you know, like, we're doing it with teenagers and stuff. And I think it's interesting because, like, all my friends who have come out of, like, you know, I think it's the inner West vibe as well. Like, mm. there's something about the inner West where we, um, I'm I'm gonna say this very bluntly, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> we're all very fucked kind of people. But um, but it's sort of I feel like there's something about growing up in the inner West because whereabouts did you grow up? 
Well, so when we first moved to Australia, I lived in Newtown. So yeah. We lived here for a few months. And then I lived in um, Elwood. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Marrickville, like, yeah. 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 Elwood, Elwood's nice. Yeah. Um, Marrickville's kind of a little yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, you know, I remember growing up here, and I grew up in Stanmore, so it was like, um, you know, yeah. like in between going to because i went to and public school and then i went to like one of the other schools that we were offered was newtown performing arts school mm-hmm. i think we were just like my parents didn't know what to do and i think i was very determined to go to like high mm-hmm. school because i knew a friend there so mm-hmm. i was like if i hadn't gone there i probably would have gone to newtown performing <laughs> um but because we knew everyone it was like everyone has been in the vicinity but i just remember there was a lot of like um a lot of like in the 90s and early 2000s, there was a lot of crime around here. Oh, yeah. So much crime. And yeah. I think it just made everyone a little bit kind of edgy and yeah. disturbed. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's funny as well because I, I think that I've always been attracted to like dark mm. stories. Mm. Like, and, and particularly like um, comedic tones with like dark yeah, underlings. I like that too. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, with a happy trying to stay positive but bleak, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. bleak outlet. And like, I do you do you sort of see yourself w- like wanting to, I guess, go into that sort of like more due to experiences and like growing up in the Inquest and you know and the the craziness that was Newtown performing art school by going into more dramatic roles eventually or like dark oh, undertone. For sure, yeah. And I I do love a good, you know dark comedy or drama. Mm. For sure. I would love to get into that. And I <laughs> not that uh not necessarily um oh, What's her face? You know the Joker's um, oh, half. Mar- Margot Robbie, like Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. You know, maybe not uh, someone like that, but I've always been fascinated with um, like the Joker or mm. I know that's, you know, very, I feel as everyone's kind of like, yes, every actor's like, I'd love to play the Joker. Um, <laughs> but... Um, or, you know, Amer- uh, have you seen the movie American Psycho with yes. that Christian Bale? Yeah. Yeah, like that kind of, you know, twisted character. I um, love the scene where he's running down a hallway naked <laughs> with a chainsaw, yeah. like literally about to murder people. It's yeah. great. So uh, it would be um, fun. It's not the right word, but <laughs> I would love to explore a character like that. Um, but see how it's still, it's not, it doesn't have comedy, but it's, all the characters that I'm talking about are kind of um, uh, not fully serious, you know? Like, I'm always drawn to, you know, even when I do want to play something more dramatic and serious, there's an aspect of, you know... Undertone. Yes, yes. I mean, isn't that the way as well? Like, it's it's performance-based, you know, you want to play the villain, but Mm. the villains tend to be the most multifaceted. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Why is that? (laughs) I have no idea. I think it's. I think it's like the you know the way that people write them because mm. like our heroines always are just very boring. Yeah, it's like who wants to play that? Give me the, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, give me the Joker. Give me. I'm looking at um, Beetlejuice yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I like a little Beetlejuice yeah. on the side. I mean, like Michael Keaton also is a fantastic, phenomenal actor. Yes. Like, um, who's done a, but I mean, like, 
you know, like I I look at Margot Robbie's career, you know, because she's played like Harley Quinn, and I think that as an actor, she has kind of done her own stuff. And mm-hmm. I um, if anyone's seen Nine Tanya, go and watch it. It's a great oh, movie. So good. Um, it's so messy. Like mm. it's it's such a messy life. Um, and I love how like I think Margot Robbie said in an interview, she was like. The problem was doing this film was no one was giving us an honest, true story. Like mm, everyone had their own version right. of what actually happened. Yeah. And she was like, that's why we left it like really vague to mm. actually what, like it was told through very fractured ideology yeah, and lenses. Yeah. Um, all we know was that, you know, the opponent's legs were broken um, or kneecap was bludgeoned in. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. It was an awful event. Oh. I can't believe this actually happened. I know. Um, but you know, like I, I think like I love twisted characters. I always think they're fun to write, they're fun to direct, and they're fun to like portray. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as an actor now, especially mm-hmm. like, a, a, is there anything you wouldn't do? Because I feel like New Town Performing Arts makes it very uh, impossible yeah, yeah. to not do anything. <laughs> oh dear. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's like um, it, it was definitely when we went to school, there was less of a, you know, it was during the area where I guess like the Me Too movement and mm. the, the whole work safety thing hadn't really fallen in place as heavily as it had now. Mm. Um, do you feel like there's a lot of roles that you wouldn't play now or do you think you'd be game for almost anything? Hmm. to say i would be game for almost um everything i don't know if um and maybe this is just me but i'm not very confident in you know my body or um so i wouldn't necessarily i don't know if i it would be tough for me to play like an overtly sexual um Mm. woman um I think it would be very uh, fun but nerve-wracking character to mm. um, to dive into because I'm just – and, I mean, that's why I love acting and I have played um, characters like that in the past but on a small scale. So kind of yeah. like, a, you know, an, audi- an audition scene, you know, or like a, a scene study class, you know, I've been given a – a character who's very like you know like a prostitute who's trying to seduce a man and it's very um not me and so i think that is kind of the most uncomfortable um, mm. character um w- yeah so it would be more difficult for me to um play someone like that but i think i would do it mm. um because it would be a challenge so no i don't know if there would be anything i I wouldn't want to do. But again, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah. Because mm. I, I always get intrigued by what people wouldn't do. Because I, I don't think there's a character that I wouldn't play. It would just be bad writing. That, me, right. Yeah, it would have to be very it, bad writing for me not to not exactly. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't know. It There's a lot of, like, independent art out there, which is terrible. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, like, have you noticed a massive difference between now, like, um, you know the the independent scene in America versus the independent scene in Australia as well. Like, which which side do you prefer? Uh, so, 
I don't really know the independent scene here. Mm. Um, so I can't I can't really say. You left before it was a thing. Yeah, I did. Um my cousin actually, um small plug, um, but he uh he created a short film called Mate. Um and it's been doing uh really well. Um been traveling around and going to um different um film festivals. Um and I'm very, very proud of him. So I you know, that's more independent, you know, that was a small mm-hmm. scale, you know, um short film and I, I feel as though Correct me if I'm wrong, but Australian independent films do seem to be more um, uh, gritty, you know, gritty. Yeah. Maybe a little, um, not necessarily darker, because some, you know, Americans, you know, love to do pretty, you know, dark um, films. But, uh, yeah, gritty and more... um, uh, Disturbing? Potentially, yeah. I don't know if disturbing is the right word, the word that I'm thinking about. But I, there's always an an element. I, I feel as though, in general, Americans do like to be more light-hearted. Um, they, yeah, Australian cinema does take itself quite seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, I, I don't really know much mm. of the independent scene here, so I'm not sure. It's it's interesting as well because I have this conversation with a lot of people and a lot of – there was a period of time which was when Marvel Studios, I think, was moving a lot of its productions to Australia because mm. of the pandemic. Yeah. And now it's, like, fading again. <laughs> it, it, it came and went, like, <laughs> feeling, and I, I feel like the only reason was a couple of – big names were able to kind of push a lot of work here, Mm. which meant there was a lot of work. Mm. Um, But there is no, like the independent art scene is so hard. Yeah. Uh, Unless you've kind of already made it, it's really very hard to get an original out there. there. That's what I've heard, especially here. It's a very, um, Mm. um, actually my cousin, um, it was um, talking about how it has like the scene was booming. The entertainment industry was, um, you know, really, you know, um, uppity, you know, like yeah. uh, and exciting. And now it's kind of fizzled again. So mm. I wonder if that's because, you know, the a lot of studios and people from the States came um, and, you know, worked on some things here, but now they've gone back. So I, I wonder if that's why. Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I pro- they probably went, oh, I want to be home again yeah. with my family. Yeah. I mean... It is very much the case because Australia during its summer is awful to film in and during its winter <laughs> is the best time. Yeah. Um, because summer is just where all the tourists come. Yeah. Um, but we have a great summer box office. So mm. we, we get a lot of people coming in bums on the seats okay, to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. I mean, like, there is a lot of interest in Australia, like, in terms of marketing and mm. stuff. We, we make up a fair amount of, like profit mm. for movies and television shows. Australia is a, hu- a, a huge bonus. Mm. Um, but it is interesting because, yeah, like it, most of the stuff that comes out of Australia, like if it wasn't like Muriel's wedding, we, you know, <laughs> if people don't, you know, remember that. Um, you're terrible, Muriel. You're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like if you don't remember cult classics like that, it's mm. kind of like 
you know, mm. it, it kind of fizzles out. Yeah. And I feel like even the films that are made here, like the big names, they are set in America. They aren't set in Australia. They aren't yeah. be like, we're in Australia. Like they're set elsewhere. Mm. And while it's fine, it is a little disappointing because mm. it kind of doesn't showcase and and they tend to use already big names. I think that's the problem I find with Australian industry is there's so much talent here, but there's no room to let people grow. I, yeah, I've seen that. It's a very um, like the the two people who work are the only two people that are getting yeah work. You know, and there are I do know of a lot of talented people here that are just not seeing the light of day. Yeah, no. I mean, like, was that, when you moved, was that an incent, um, like a thing for you? Were you just like, I'm not going to get work here and I want to go and move overseas? Or was it a very much, I just want to go and explore? So I didn't really give Australia an opportunity. And actually I was told by a lot of people, like, why are you moving to America? Why aren't you, like, trying acting here? Because I did one short film here and... I moved. <laughs> so uh, I think it was just I wanted a change of scene. Um, and, you know, um, there are so many people who go to L.A., you know, I, I need to go to L.A., I need to be in Hollywood. Um, mm. And I think I had that kind of vision in my head, you know, like I'm going to go to L.A., go to a school and then make it there. And, of course, that's also ridiculous because the industry there um see i don't know what's better because the industry in la is huge and there there's constantly stuff you know happening mm. um and you know there's good um student um yeah film schools um that are producing mm. pretty good um short films um so i don't know if it's better to be there where the industry is huge but you're also fighting um for a seat you know among hundreds of other yeah. you know people who look similar to you mm. or if it's better here because it is a such a s- smaller scale the only difference is is you know there's not a ton of work and yeah the little bit of work that there is is constantly given to the same people so mm. yeah it's tough it's tough regardless it's not an easy um career path that's no, for sure yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's like, this is why I went to the state. <laughs> um, I mean, like, yeah, cause, cause that's, a, I, I feel like you haven't missed out. I've, mm. I don't think you've missed out. I, I mean, I think it's, it's whatever your calling is. I really think mm. like whatever you feel like is the right move for you mm. because you know, you're theater trained mm-hmm. and Hopefully, you know, with Chicago, you're able to get some film work and stuff and, yeah. you know, fly around, um, depending where the work is. Mm. Um, but, I mean, with Australia in the film industry, it hasn't got much of a film industry. Mm. It's got a bit of a theatre scene. Melbourne's got more of a theatre scene than Sydney does. Okay. Melbourne does have much more of a theatre scene mm. and probably film scene because, you know, just it. I think there's a lot more to Melbourne mm. than there is to Sydney. Mm. Um, but... I feel like there are some productions that have come to Australia, which mm. are great. We have a great musical scene, though. Like, for some reason, the capital yeah. is huge. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of musicals that just pop out of Australia, which is weird. <laughs> I know. 
but I I've seen that as well. There's um, oh, I I cannot remember any names um today. But uh, yeah. Well, like you said, the music here is um, mm. there's a lot of good indie yeah. you know, artists. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you ever think that you do musicals? I would love to. I just don't think I'm a very good singer. I'm okay, you know. I, I, I can hit. I can hit notes. Um, but I don't have that, you know, trained. And because these people, the musical people, yeah. are trained since they were babies, you know. Yeah. Um, they have incredible voices, and oh, I think you're supposed to be a pretty good dancer as well. <laughs> and I'm a goofy dancer. So you're uncoordinated, is what you're admitting say uncoordinated i just you know i have my own style you know yes. I'm a very you know it's when you see me dance it's like oh yeah there's natalie dancing you know she's in her own world just enjoying i'm not uh i don't i don't follow the rules you know i love dance, that you know i'm very would yeah, you describe yourself would you describe yourself as chaotic yeah <laughs> yes i would very much so but hey, I came from Newtown High, so yeah, I know. I was like, that's a normal thing. I, I, what was it like? So where whereabouts were you born? I was born in Thessaloniki, Greece. Wow. Yeah. Was that just by circumstance? So my mum is uh, Greek, but she was she was born in Greece, but grew up here. My father is Aussie, you know, as Aussie as it gets. Um, <laughs> Uh, but they got married here, then moved back to Greece because um, my grandfather was um, dying. Mm. Um, and uh, then I was born and my two siblings were born. Um, yeah, and then we lived. I grew up there. Um, we moved when I was 13 years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's quite a while in Greece. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and then lived here for... Um, 11 or 12 years hmm. and then I moved to America so really every um 10 or so years I moved to another country um yeah so where's it going to be next I don't know yes <laughs> I don't know I'm thinking I was thinking somewhere in Europe maybe France I don't know oh that would be nice yeah. 10 years in 10 years in France mm. could you know you could really go something there mm. how good's your French uh non good <laughs> non good non good <laughs> I don't remember no. basic phrase. No. No. Um, none. Um, no. <laughs> and all my French lessoners just disappeared. Je m'appelle Nathalie. That's there you I go. Know. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. That, oh. I, 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 <laughs> Thank you. I mean, like, I, I've been to, I've never been to, like, France, but I've been to the French-speaking side of Canada. Oh. Yeah. That's, um... That's Quebec. Quebec, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Quebec and Montreal. Mm. So there's Quebec City and Montreal, and both are beautiful. Like um, Montreal is a bit more, more bilingual. Mm. Um, uh, Quebec is very like you go past the touristy border, <laughs> and then suddenly no one speaks English. Like oh, really? everyone speaks French, oh. and it's and it's not even like French French because the there's such a debate on the internet. It's so funny, but <laughs> because of the way that Canada was set up, the French that they speak in Quebec, uh, in the French-speaking side of Canada, is not proper French. It's mm -hmm. like a 
you know, the French call it a bastardized version of what it is. <laughs> so it's not proper, proper. Right. And yeah, you do have to kind of like learn a okay, little bit like okay. of what people are saying because it's like you, you, if you studied basic French, you would not understand a word. Goodness. Uh, um, but it is it, it's like having been there for like, I st- was staying there for about a week. It was really nice. Mm. Like um, would do it again. And like, you know, when obviously I live in Canada. You know, but it, I do, I do like love that idea because having lived in Sydney for 30 years, Sydney is not very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I've been back. I mean, it is a beautiful city, you know, yeah. it, it, it really is. And the people are nice, um, but it, it's very, it's very expensive. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. Being back, I don't know what it has to offer besides, <laughs> I mean, decent weather and pretty views. It's just like, it seems very expensive for not a good enough reason, you know, because yeah. it's not like San Francisco where it's, you know, it's the tech, you know, the tech, um, um, giant, yeah, yeah giant, um, or, you know, New York, you have Broadway. And, like, you know, all these different, you know, places. L.A. has Hollywood. Um, You know, Melbourne has, like you said, a better yeah. entertainment scene than Sydney. So it's like, well, what does Sydney actually have to offer? I mean, the more I live here, the less I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I feel like it's nice. It's been great for, like, the 30 years that I've been here. Mm. But uh, it, it is really, like, a place where you raise a family. Mm. And that's about the only thing you really do. Yeah. And then people leave. Like, they right. just go, oh, okay, bye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, but I mean, like, I don't want to have kids in Australia. Yeah. Don't particularly want to have kids here. Mm. <laughs> it's not, nothing against people having children here. <laughs> I just don't, I personally don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, do you, do you want to start a family in the next few years? Is that your yeah, plan? Yeah, yeah. I would love that. Um, Yeah. Is that like, I like that you, because you said before that you, you always want to do acting. You don't think like having a family is going to really put that on hold as well. No, mm. no. And I, I feel as though I have a pretty good support system because I know not everyone can say that, you know, and yeah. I know that, well, I mean, having kids is your world turns upside down. Um, But I have a pretty good support system and I have a lot of people who are in the entertainment industry um and do have kids and mm. you know they've told me that it didn't um it didn't really bother their career at all in fact it m- may have made it um bigger and actually one of my um uh previous um housemates who was a 70 year old uh woman who oh wow yeah it was also in the entertainment industry she was a um producer um worked you know in the news field Mm -hmm. and she's actually won like 19 emmys or something um it was great i would get to hold them and talk in the mirror and pretend that i'm you know receiving an emmy it was really (laughs) lovely um (laughs) but uh she said that she actually has um the one the one thing that she regrets in life is not having a family mm. because she thought that having kids would just ruin everything and she would not be able to have the career that she had but she had she has other friends 
that are her age but now have kids and grandkids and also had very successful careers. So she said that it can be done. It's 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 a myth, you know, when people tell you, oh, you know, if you have kids, it's the end, you know, mm. for you. You, you won't be able to do anything and forget acting. Because, um, yeah. no, that's not true. And I think if you think about it that way, maybe, you know, you might... Um, if you go in it negatively, then yeah, you might not be as successful. But I think yeah, kids change your life, but um, they don't destroy it. You know, it's uh, mm. you you just learn to um, I don't know, work through things. With yeah, them. I I hundred percent agree with that, and I think that's why I also look forward to being a parent. Yeah, because it's kind of half the fun yeah. of living it's yeah. kind of like um i mean i know we talk i know we we're literally just talking about like how difficult and annoying our parents are <laughs> but i mean like i think i think it's very sweet to have the ability to have kids yeah. as well and have a family and i i think yeah it's just it's just nice it makes you feel whole yeah um i don't know i just and having little mini versions of you and like teaching them about you know how the world works and like yeah. passing on you know your knowledge i don't know it's just yeah there's a, there's a f- two friends of ours who have a three and a five year old and they said to us as much as like you know they're sleepy and tired they're like never swap <laughs> it for anything because yeah. they're like this is the best experience i could ever have yeah um you know is watching them grow and watching them and it's shitty you know, honestly like that's all you live for yeah. it's like uh I think, I, I I definitely think that some people who don't want to have kids, that's totally fine. But yeah. I think some people who automatically choose to be like, it will ruin my career. Don't think of like that. Yeah. Have a family if yeah. you want a family. Ha- don't have a family if you don't want a family. Just exactly. do what you want. Yeah. Don't be like, my career is everything though, because that's when you become unhappy later in life. Mm-hmm. Like you can really detriment yourself. Absolutely. And I think, yeah. Like I said, my biggest um, example for me now is, you know, my previous roommate who was so lovely, but she said multiple times, you know, she told me how much she regretted mm. that because um, now she's all alone. <laughs> yeah. It's quite sad. Yeah, it is. It is. So I think if you can, and the same goes with um travel. I think people freak out. It's like, you can't travel with kids. And sure, like, it can be more expensive and a lot more stressful. But um, on our um, trip to Greece, actually, we met a um, German couple that had a, a young baby with them. And they told us how, like, traveling with kids is fine. You know, mm. like, I don't understand why people get so stressed out. Like, you just kind of deal with it and kids are a lot more um flexible yeah than i think people give them credit um credit you know, for yeah yeah credit for um yeah kids are great i can't <laughs> wait <laughs> only only a few more years away yeah i'm counting i'm counting i think i'm like three years away so yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> It's going to catch up. It's going to catch up. Um, I do have one final question for you, Natalie. Yes. Where can people find you on the internet? Where can they stalk you? Oh, um, well, uh, they can stalk me on Instagram. 
Um, I have a funny um, username. It's uh, Greek yogurt, <laughs> but abbreviated like G R K, and then yogurt. Um, Love it. And then I have like my acting one, the Nat Rail Wilson. Um, or on TikTok. I think I actually spend more time on TikTok now. I'm kind of obsessed. It's not good. That is a social media dark hole there. Oh, don't get me started. I <laughs> hate it, but I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they are there too. Just Nat Rare Wilson, if they care to stalk me. I'm really not that exciting though, I don't I think. think. You are. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I've enjoyed this chat. I've yeah, loved it. So have I. Thank you so much for having me no, on. Here. Thank you for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> um and if you want to go and check out more episodes of the things we do, you can check them out on Apple and Spotify. I'll be speaking with another guest next week. And I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>